We need to grow soil scientists, we need to grow composters, and we need to do that locally. Welcome to the first episode of the Composting for Community podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. My name is Nick Stumelanger, ILSR's Communications Manager. This episode is recorded during the U.S. Composting Council's annual conference in Los Angeles in January of 2017 and features Corinne Coe of Terra Nova Compost in Atlanta. She and I discuss the exciting power compost holds for revitalizing underserved communities and how our experiences are shaping the growing community composting movement in Atlanta. This podcast is the first in a special promo series for the 5th Annual Cultivating Community Composting Workshop and Forum in Atlanta in January of 2018, sponsored by the Institute for Local Self-Reliance and Biocycle Magazine. Register and learn more at ilsr.org slash ccc-2018. That's ilsr.org slash ccc-2018. Be sure to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you receive your podcasts. It helps us to continue to create great content for you, such as ILSR's other podcasts, Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and Community Broadband Bits. Finally, be sure to visit ILSR.org for the latest on our work in all sectors of community development. And now, here's Corinne. Sitting here with uh, Corinne Coe of Terra Nova Compost from Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, just say hi. Hi, everybody. All right. Um, so this is the first in a series of interviews we're doing with community composters talking about the impact that the programs are having in their community as well as the larger benefits. So I'll start out with a softball question. What do you think the power of composting is? I think it really is, um, aside from building our soil and growing our food and feeding us, it's really about transformation. It's a wonderful metaphor for transformation. Um, turning something that some folks would consider waste or perhaps is waste into something really beautiful and abundant. That's a good transition to talk about your work. So why don't you talk a little bit about Terra Nova Compost, kind of about the programs that you've done, kind of give us a little rundown of that. Sure. After uh, two years living abroad, I returned to the United States and I chose Atlanta because my only sibling, my younger brother, lives there and we're very close. I got there and I found um, in 2013 a very robust urban agriculture scene, but very few farmers and very few people were talking about composting. And I was a little bit shocked at that because I had been doing composting work for probably six years at the time um, and also growing food. And I thought, okay, here's a fantastic opportunity for me to uh, do some work that I'm already passionate about. Um, So I started Terra Nova Compost in... October 2013 after being in Atlanta for about six months and Terra Nova Compost is exclusively an education and consulting organization. We are for profit and what we do is teach people um, how to compost either at home, in their schools, in their community gardens, uh, even on urban farms. I've certainly worked with some farmers um, who either have existing compost systems or want to start them, want to improve them. Um, And farmers are very busy, and so some farmers just need a little bit of support. But um, in 2016, I led the first national replication of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance's Neighborhood Soil Rebuilders Program in Atlanta. I called it the Community Compost Advocate Training Program. It ran for three consecutive weekends. I had 16 students, and four uh, children tag-alongs and it was a 
total success. Um, for sure, to date, it was the most, the hugest success I've enjoyed professionally, and it was just so much fun. My students now, those 16 people, some of them are working together, so we have now 10 um, community composting projects in four of Atlanta's five metropolitan counties. Um, and I am tracking their progress and helping them, offering technical support, offering emotional support, whatever kind of support I can give. Uh, and I'm proud to say that I, I really believe that all of my students um, got something big out of the program. Each of them perhaps something different, um, but it was really, it was really fantastic. That's excellent. And so what, what kind of a role does the NSR replication and kind of the work you're doing help in build the infrastructure for compost? Because you're, you're saying earlier there's a big urban ag scene. There's a big kind of push for, you know, growing locally, buying at uh, farmer's markets, that type of thing, as there are in a lot of larger cities in the U.S. And how does your role fit in with building that infrastructure out to make it not necessarily... Um, just not to make it just something, oh, composting is an interesting thing you can do, but kind of weaving that into the fabric of urban ag. Well, again, you know, if nobody is talking about it and nobody is doing it, then the infrastructure obviously isn't there and can't be there. Um, what I found, you know, in 2013, nobody's talking about it. A couple of farmers are doing it. A couple of community gardens are doing it somewhat poorly and probably some folks are doing it in their backyards but um, then in 2016 I really wanted to do the uh, community compost advocate training program the replication of the neighborhood soil rebuilders in uh, southwest Atlanta which is where I live and I don't really like the term underserved but people probably understand what that means to some degree and it is an underserved, underserved neighborhood what I found was there was no place to do it. There was no place to do it. I couldn't do my program there. So I did it in Candler Park, um, a really fantastic older neighborhood in Atlanta at a community-owned uh, land trust, which is really fantastic because it's a permanent um, land trust, nature preserve, community garden, public space. So the bin that we built, the three-bin system, will be there for perpetuity. Uh, it's a really fantastic bin designed by Urban Farm Plans, I'm proud to say. Um, Give it a nice little shout out yeah, there. Yeah, shout out to our friends. Um, but that was important to me too because land access is an issue, gentrification is an issue in Atlanta. And having it at a land trust that's you know owned by the community, it's been there for longer than I've been alive, um, felt really good. However, now uh, my next project that I really haven't told too many people about yet is called the West Side Compost Project. I have um, identified a fantastic group of people to be on the board of directors and we're starting a, a compost project on the west side um, in the neighborhood that I kind of wanted this NSR replication to be, um, but we didn't have a space for it. So the role of the NSR program is to get people excited, to get people enthusiastic, to start the conversation. and. And probably, you know, to some degree, like to get some money. I mean, again, I have a for-profit business, but I'll tell you that teaching composting doesn't yet pay the bills for me, um, for sure. So, and, and that's not why I do it, of course. 
And the Westside Compost Project will be a nonprofit. I won't make any money off of that. It won't Terra Nova Compost won't make any money off of that. But because of the success that we had with the NSR replication, I feel like I have the leverage um, to start this new project and I you know, have a really great strong board of directors and hopefully get some funding to build infrastructure on the west side of Atlanta so that perhaps we could do another NSR replication in a year or two. Well, we're excited to you know, hopefully partner do that type of thing. So going back a little bit for the, the NSR replication, I know that um, ILSR staff member Linda Bilzins came down and you had um, a number of other experts. So why don't you talk about kind of how important it is to, you know, share the knowledge, you know, making sure that you're getting that, that knowledge base from all these different experts who have been doing this for so long and kind of transplanting that um, into you know, communities that may not have that existing knowledge or that wealth base too, because it seems like, you know, you're building out in areas specifically where you want to build that community wealth. Absolutely. I mean, I was lucky enough um, to know the instructors that I brought in ahead of time. So they were, they happened to be the same instructors, some of the same instructors that um, Institute for Local Self-Reliance had used in their neighborhood soil rebuilders programs in D.C. and Baltimore. Um, but I also knew them. So when I called them up and I said, hey, I'm working with Brenda, I'm working with Linda, I want to do this, I didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, obviously, the support of Brenda and Linda probably would have offered me that opportunity anyway. Um, but Benny Ares came down from Eco City Farms. Rhonda Sherman came down from North Carolina State University. Um, Linda and Edix came down from DC from ILSR and Urban Farm Plans. And then on top of that, I actually added into my program um, a compost entrepreneurship portion, uh, which was led by Chris Kano of Gainesville Compost and Bike Compost, also a friend of mine, and a social justice piece that was led by Sundiata Ameel of Tallahassee, Florida, and his project is called compost community and that was really important for me because to go back to what I said about why what the power of composting is I really do believe it's about transformation so you know working in underserved neighborhoods um, I want to show people that anything is possible right we can create abundance out of almost nothing and almost without any money at all we just need to do it together, to be patient, to do the work. Um, and I'm really proud of the group of instructors that, that I chose. I mean, in some ways they chose me, ILSR uh, chose them, but you know, I, I added to that mix. And what I would, you know, what I envision is long-term that this program either leads into, feeds into, becomes whatever, uh, something like the nationwide master gardener program that is in almost every county in every state across the whole country and it's led by really skilled knowledgeable people right and they're knowledgeable about horticulture agriculture and i think that we need to grow that so in five years do i want to have Rhonda and Benny and Linda and Eric's come down to Atlanta again? The answer is no. As much as I love them, I want them to come stay with me, you know, go out for Mexican food. But we need to grow soil scientists, we need to grow composters, and 
we need to do that locally. So I think that the more we're able to replicate this program and, and honestly, in the same city over and over again to bring more people into the fold, um, we won't have to use fossil fuels to move people to share the knowledge. That's good. That's a, that's a great way to say that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure and I'm sure, you know, I, lo- I know Linda and I'm sure that she says, I don't want to come. I want to come down for, for Mexican food. I want to come down and hang out and see Corinne and, and all the awesome stuff she's doing. But, you know, that's exactly right. We, we want to make sure we're building those local experts and making sure that, you know, it's a foundational part of the, the community. So I'd be remiss because I do work for all the ILSR initiatives to not talk about the economic development potential and to talk about how this isn't just about um, training folks to get more connected to the soil, to be able to kind of do those types of things. It's also about building wealth in communities that have been sapped of wealth, you know, due to a variety of circumstances. Um, and so I know I'm, I'll have you repeat a little bit of what you said in a panel a couple of days ago, talking about um, why you don't like the term food deserts, why you don't like some of the, the ways that we talk about these communities, because um, in a lot of ways it doesn't capture the full story. And what composting, what community composting, what the work you're doing in training and consulting can help to do to build that community wealth and that kind of underground structure of what a community looks like that's healthy, that's vibrant, that's um, doing great work for for its people. Nick, that's a big question, but I feel like it's, it's the question. It really, I feel like I'm getting teary-eyed. It's a podcast. No one can see if you're getting teary-eyed. It's, it's okay. It's important, though. It's That's how passionate I am about this. It is the crux of why I do this work, okay? Um, we need to be able to take care of ourselves. And admittedly, I'm a revolutionary, if I might call myself one. Um, I hope I am. Capitalism has isolated us from each other and from the earth and along with compost I think seeds are critical to survival social justice food sovereignty self-sufficiency and that's actually my next project that nobody knows about uh, except Ron Finley who I was lucky enough to visit yesterday. He's a friend of mine here in Los Angeles. Um, if you have seeds and if you have soil and water, you can take care of yourself. So this work, this work, I aim to show people, again, the power of transformation, that they can take care of themselves that everything that we need has been provided for us um, by some miracle of God or Allah or whatever you choose to believe in. Um, Brenda talked yesterday about social economics, environmental economics, and of course that doesn't boil down to money but I'm sure you know anyone listening to this podcast probably has heard the saying that like once we've cut down all the trees and I don't even know the whole saying, but like basically you can't eat money, right? So 
again, this work is about transformation. It's about self-sufficiency. Um, it is about job creation and community building. Um, that's why I brought Chris Kano up from, Tal or from Gainesville, Florida, is to talk about how he created this business to do composting. Um, one of my students now runs a young adult environmental training program. That's, she works for an organization called the Greening Youth Foundation, and they have a training center focused on young adults, focused on environmental uh, issues. And she's now teaching composting in her program because of my class. Her volunteer hours are actually paid hours, but she's training young people to do the composting, and they get paid to be there at this job training program for young people. Um, I also think like I had a conversation this morning with somebody with JD that was the moderator of the of the panel yesterday that you were at and Linda spoke or Brenda spoke at um, there's room for backyard compost not only is there room these are all critical and they're all necessary backyard composting community composting industrial scale composting we need all three because not one of them can meet all of our needs mm -hmm. we have to have all three yeah there is the I think a common thread through a lot of what we've been talking about has been community composting has all these intangible benefits, all these things, you know, whether it's strengthening the fabric of a community, whether it's building those jobs in the community, and it's excellent. And it's something that we've talked about the benefits of, you know, over and over again. Um, something that gets a little bit lost in that is that commercial scale composting matters for the stuff that falls through the cracks, the stuff that, you know, maybe there isn't a strong community base because that's how these places were intentionally designed. Like what does an industrial park look like that's isolated from an actual residential community center that people could actually, you know, live in that type of thing. So it's, um, it's definitely something where I know that at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, we, we love the community scale and we love being able to do that. But something like composting is too important to just limit ourselves to one thing. And also, you know, realizing that there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of really great people who are thinking about this critically and how you can build wealth this way. So. It's also the most fun, you know, backyard composting is you, your partner, your kids, maybe your neighbor. Industrial scale composting is really loud. You're not going to make friends at an industrial scale composting site. But community composting is really fun. And I learned that. I knew that already. But I learned it. Um, it became very clear. Very clear. Uh, through my 2016 Neighborhood Soil Rebuilders replication in Atlanta. Great. All right. So this has been a great interview. I will... Um I'll, I'll end it with one final question. Um, doesn't have to be a book, doesn't have to be anything too heavy. Do you have a reading recommendation or a listening recommendation for our listeners here? So they can go directly from our conversation to something you like. Um, I do think that the book Teeming with Microbes is fantastic if you want to get deep into soil biology. Basic composting, I would say the Rodale Guide to Composting is great. And I will tell you, too, I'm going to write a book about composting and social justice uh, with Ron Finley. Yeah. That's great. You heard it here first. This is, the, this is breaking news here <laughs> on the podcast. All right. 
Well, thank you so much for, for being here and for talking with me here at the USCC Compost Conference, and I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to help lift up these stories. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was fun. And all that's true. Yeah, that's, that's also the benefit, right? Where it's all accurate. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Composting for Community podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Thank you to Grapes for his track, I Dunno, licensed on Creative Commons. Be sure to check out the rest of the ILSR podcast family, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and Community Broadband Bits at ILSR.org. Have a great day.